0: Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through. Keeping their delicate skin healthy and happy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick and goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable. When my oldest was little, she would get the worst diaper rash. It left me feeling so desperate to help her while also wanting something gentle on her skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash, she let nothing get in her way. You can use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel confident that you are making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra-premium formula for moms that won't settle when it comes to their little ones. Soothe and restore with active ingredients being dimethicone and petrolatum. You can find more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com or find it on Amazon or walmart.com. Happy, happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Megan and Julie. You're listening to the Back link, and you are going to be excited just like we are for this episode today. So make sure you're somewhere where you can hear all the words. And honestly, you probably want your birth partners to listen as well. We have David Arell, and he's an author, an entrepreneur, consultant, and a men's coach currently in Colorado. We've actually had quite a few um, special guests in Colorado, which is really fun. So he is passionate about coaching men on how to more fully embrace the Embody Health Masculinity, and especially through the powerful, uh, how do you say that modalities? How do you say that modalities? Modalities, yeah, there you go, of partnership modalities. (laughs) Modalities, (laughs) I can't read. Um, so his most recent, most recent work. Now I can't speak. Sorry. um, In your fine in this area is a book, and we have the book. We're so excited! It's called Welcome to Fatherhood. And I really like it because it's like WTF. Um, W-T-F. I like through, through the whole thing. Well, it's yes, the Modern W-T-F. Man's Guide to Pregnancy, Childbirth, and Fatherhood, better known as WTF. So this is really a big deal because in so many ways, and I even talk about this with my doula clients, right? Like there is so many things in pregnancy that is so woman-focused or birther focused right? And we kind of forget sometimes about dad and his role. And that's like, as a doula, it's so important for me not to forget that and make sure that dad doesn't feel that because I remember the day of my second labor. And I remember my husband asleep on the couch in the corner and everyone coming in, not addressing him, not talking to him, not saying anything that's happening, not asking him his opinion on anything. And it only revolved around me. And so I just think this is so awesome. And a lot of dads enter childbirth clueless Not because they don't want to know, but because people don't include them. Right. And then fatherhood. And I also know that as a, as a mom and my husband, we had times where I'm like, no, I'm doing it right. And he's doing it wrong. And I remember someone saying, you're both doing it right. You're doing it your way. (laughs) And I loved that. So I'm really excited to talk to him today. And get to know more about this book and the role in the fourth trimester coming back home and how to, you know, give these tips to these dads because they need them.
1: I was just kind of going to jump in and say, like, I love this because David, our guest today, he literally wrote the book about four dads about the fourth trimester. What to do when you get home with baby. Like, well, I mean, it's for pregnancy and childbirth and the fourth trimester, right? So that's the first three months after the baby's born. It's like from a dad's perspective, like he gets it. He's been there. And that's kind of what me and Megan really like about us at the VBAC link. Like we're doulas, but we've also had VBACs. Like we've been there. We get you. And I feel like he's right on our level, but talking to the dads because yes, like Megan said, um, dad's a lot of him get forgotten. And I wish my husband would have had something like this back when we started into parenting because like he was completely oblivious about pregnancy and birth and everything. Like I drug him through have no birthing classes, but like, that's about it. And I mean, now he knows way more about birthing than he ever thought he would ever have a dream to know about, but um, this is going to be really helpful. So we are excited and we have asked our uh, social media followers questions and we have some questions for him. But anyways, before I keep talking, holy cow, let me read a review of the week. This is from Natalie in San Diego, and it's on Apple Podcasts, and she says, I am so thankful I found this podcast. I've always wanted a vaginal birth and felt like I could never get one after my C-section in 2018. I started listening to this podcast when I got pregnant, currently 28 weeks, and then I asked my provider if I was a good candidate, and she said no. Dang it. Oh my gosh, sorry, that kind of caught me off guard. That was probably a little inappropriate laugh. That's kind of what I do when I get cough guard, laughing appropriately. All right, let's see. Uh, she said no. So I resigned to the fact that I, could, I would need to repeat cesarean with this pregnancy and stopped listening for about a month. But the nagging feeling that I could ask more questions and advocate for myself more just never went away. I started listening again and realized that so many women switch providers late in the game. So why couldn't I? After requesting my post-op report and asking my OB more questions, I realized that I am a good candidate and that she just wasn't supportive. So at 26 weeks, I switched to an amazing supportive provider here in San Diego, hired a doula and signed up for hypnobirthing. Hey, speaking of hypnobirthing, I'm doing everything I can to educate myself and I'm so hopeful for VBAC this April or early May. Oh my gosh, maybe like right now. I wouldn't have had the chance to do any of this without the stories from the women on this podcast. So thank you. Um, Do you like my commentary? I I don't think I can ever read a review without jumping in and inserting my own opinion, like my own thoughts into the (laughs) review. Anyways, talk about being long winded. Okay. So thank you for the review. We love reviews. You already know that if you haven't had a chance yet, please go leave us a review on Apple podcasts or Google or Facebook, wherever you leave us a review. It will help us reach other people. So if you enjoy the podcast and think everybody should have a listen, definitely go ahead and give us a rating, whichever is in the easiest place for you to do so.
2: You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: Okay, David, we are excited to dive in with you. We have questions and all these things that we want to ask you, but. I would love to invite you to share a little bit more about your book. Cause I know I just kind of like brrr, went right through it, but tell us more like what, what inspired you to do this?
3: Sure. Thanks for having me on ladies. I really appreciate it. I think part of my inspiration was the, so the gap I experienced as a guy who was really committed to trying to be that, you know, quote unquote, helpful and supportive partner and I felt I was doing all the things, and as our uh, first pregnancy and then the ultimately the labor and delivery, and then that first experience for us of that fourth trimester, I've looked back and I realized there were so many opportunities where I just didn't quite you know, I wish I'd done some things a little bit differently, but I realized I didn't get the information or the education or the encouragement that I felt would have helped me be that much more helpful and supportive. For my wife during her pregnancy and childbirth, then coming back home, so I kind of looked around, and even the birth classes I took, and some of the the doula, the amazing doula we worked with, which I'll, I'll circle back to later, and some of the books I read, there just wasn't that sort of succinct, clear sort of uh, discussion of some of the things that are really important for us guys to really get a better sense of, and also some of just some specific things like, hey guys, like really think about doing this. Or if you do this one thing a little bit differently, you might have more success. So that was sort of my main inspiration was to kind of pave the path a little easier for the guys, you know, coming after me are going to be going through their own sort of uh, pregnancy adventure.
0: Love it. Love it. You know, I um, I have a client, like a husband who started a podcast, kind of the same thing. He was just like, after the first birth experience, like, I just realized there was so much more, and dads needed to know. So I love what you guys are doing. This is going to be awesome. So are you ready for the list of questions, Julie? I don't know if you want to like go back and forth, but we have a list of questions that, um, yeah, some of our followers have asked. Um, If you don't mind, I'd love to jump into those.
3: Sure, let's let's jump right in.
0: Perfect. Okay, so number one is best advice for husbands to support wife in labor, and I know you talk about. Pregnancy a lot in your book too. Like, I mean you talk about all of it, like all the trimesters, but we're gonna jump into right into labor. You know, best advice for husbands to support their wives in labor.
3: Sure. I, I the the way I kind of describe that journey, though going into labor, if the pregnancy is the roller coaster going up the hill, slowly working its way to the top. Once you realize, like, oh wow, we're we're really in labor, that's when that roller coaster crests the hill and goes zooming down the other side. Like it's it's a very different sort of like immediacy <laughs> for, all, mm-hmm. for all parties concerned. So the, the main thing I tell the guys out there is, is big idea number 10 in the book. The book has big ideas and dad tips. The big idea number 10 is that your new mantra is to be attentive, be calm, and be competent. And mm. at the end of the day, regardless of all the other things going on, if, if you as the dad, the partner – the most, you know, perhaps the most important support partner in the room here, if you can maintain that mantra and really be attentive to mama and all of the things that are happening for her, whether it's holding a hand or rubbing a brow or adjusting a position for more comfort or be calm, you know, there's definitely times, uh, I know in my wife's, uh, childbirth and, and some of the guys I talked to also where things get a little active, but still, for us guys, we have to be calm. We have to be that rock in the storm of, uh, of the emotions and feelings for our, our partners to connect to. And then being competent. And this comes down to, you know, feeling like you've done the work ahead of time with the education and the practice, where you mm-hmm. kind of feel pretty good about what your role is, what it's not, and how to really show up as that, uh, as that competent person throughout this process. So that's the mantra. Be attentive be calm yes. and be competent.
0: I love it. You know, something that happened in my labor. So I had a I've had three babies and my third baby um my labor was Oh no, but I should, should tell, tell the, the pillow, sorry. 42 hours <laughs> long labor. Yeah, wow. my husband my ha- my husband he had a not so supportive moment where I was like doing my thing like in my zone you know sometimes we moan like this is what we do like our uterus is like the strongest muscle in our body and it's contracting around a baby really hard. And so it kind of like doesn't feel awesome. So you have to work through it, right? And he totally <laughs> shoved a pillow in my face and told me to muffle myself <laughs> because he was trying to sleep. Him and the other kids are trying to sleep. I think I <laughs> like, Rick needs a copy of your book. I know. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> no, <laughs> but there was a moment in our in my labor and I had been laboring for a really, really, really long time. And what had happened that I just still to this day, like we will remember the feeling that it came over me. All he did was touch my back and lean into me, like kind of just like grace, like around my head and my shoulders. And it was like a complete oh moment of I'm not alone in this. Even though I knew I wasn't alone, I had a great team. Just that touch was exactly what I needed. And like you said, like it could be like a touch of a brow or an adjustment or just being there. And yeah, it was just amazing. So I would not disagree at all with that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he bounced back. That's good. That's good.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Between that. And then when he looked at me and was like, remember, this is what you wanted. I was like, this is not what you say to me right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that's the trick. Like so many of us guys get these, you know, the the general vibe is we're, you know, we're told to be helpful and supportive, but we're not, we're not, we're not given explicit instruction beyond that. And so we kind of guess, and then we guess wrong, and we get frustrated.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, so that, that's, that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's the different challenges <laughs> that go, that we go through and, uh, you know, the, the learning curves that can be really steep sometimes.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I get that. I think, um, do you know what's so funny is I you guys were, while you were just talking, we're actually going to make a link to where you can go and buy David's book. Welcome to fatherhood and the link. I just had to say this because it's so funny. The link is going to be the vbacklinkcom slash WTF. So let's <laughs> make it super easy for you to go and find his book. Exactly. Because,
3: that sentiment I mean, is, uh, is very popular. <laughs>
1: yes. You kind of started out the at step number or the tip number 10. Right. But so I'm just like, yeah, it's really good stuff. I've, I haven't read all of it but i've skimmed through it Um, and i've had my husband skim as well and there's some really good stuff here so um we're gonna put it in the show notes and this is kind of like normally what we would do at the end of the episode but like i just had to say i'm doing it i'm like i'm making the link right now so (laughs) anyways great stuff i remember my husband kind of felt helpless too like uh, for my cesarean birth he still says like it was the scariest moment in his life like he had like watching me on the operating room table like not knowing if I was okay not knowing, if he was ba- not knowing if baby was okay and he like i'm sure he would have really appreciated this type of advice to help him because you know like as men like men are men we like instinctively have this nature to support their partners and like fix the problem right and and they want to be strong and they want to be able to comfort them and childbirth is such a foreign concept that kind of, it can really, what's the words I'm looking for? It can really just, it's not familiar to you. So you don't really know what to do. And it can cause birth partners sometimes to feel a little hung up and uncertain and unsure. And so just giving them these tools, like you talked about and telling them like what to do, like, yeah, you're supposed to be supportive of your wife during labor, but this is how you do that. I think it's so valuable. Uh, It's so valuable. So I really appreciate that. Oh, next question. I guess that's
3: on me. Well, let, let me jump in with one quick thing here. Sure. The, one of the challenges us guys, I see, I've see, i seen happen both in my experience and some of my buddies is that we get into that labor and delivery. And like you mentioned, it's overwhelming. It's a novel experience. But then also that sort of fix it vibe, just A, it doesn't work. But B, there's nothing for us to fix. Like our partners yeah. are maybe going through some pretty intense, you know, intense experiences and and sensations. And we're just sort of supposed to be, you know, we feel very helpless sometimes. Like I remember at one point my wife was like squeezing my hand really hard and, you know, she was really having a challenging series of contractions there. And I just felt so helpless. And so that's where I think this mantra comes in, but I I definitely want to touch base on, on one other thing that I think is one of the, one of the dad tips that I'm very, strong on, most of them are recommendations, but this one I'm very strong. And that's dad tip number seven, dude, hire a doula.
1: Yes. Uh,
3: (laughs) I I can't, that one gets a hundred percent of my like recommendation energy. You know, like some of them are like 60, 70, does this work for you? But dude, hire a doula that, that doula is going to be your, your wingman too, not just your partners, but your wingman to really help you. You know, they can give you some tips. They can give you some direction. They can help normalize some of the beeping and some of the other things that are going on. And, you know, again, I can circle back to this a little bit later, but that's definitely will help you focus on your job, which is to be that supportive partner and not, you know, most dads out there aren't birth professionals. So you can just focus on your partner and your mantra and let your doula really help adjust you as necessary. So I didn't want to skip over that. Dad tip number seven, dude, Hire a doula, please.
1: <laughs> I I love that you said that. I it reminds me of an article I read a long time ago. I think it was called Just Hire the Damn Doula. <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally from a dad's perspective. And he was just like This is what you need to do. Like, do you know what to do when she's a four centimeters and she's only been there for three hours? No, you don't. Do you know how much blood is normal? No, you don't. Do you know what positions to do to help get a baby in it or what labor positions to help encourage baby to descend? No, you don't know that. (laughs) Like, he's just like, you just need a doula. Anyways, that was a really broad summation of the article, but I love that. And as a doula myself, I, I kind of make my clients partners be present at their prenatal visits. Because it's really important to me to not only like get to know the dynamic of their relationship, so I can better strengthen that during the labor process, but also so I get to know the dad and how to support him. Because doulas are also for dads. I know a lot of time we think like, oh yeah, doulas are just for the mom, but we're here just as much for you guys to help you know how to best support your partner. And I just the best feeling in the whole world is like right after the baby's born. And then the dad comes over and gives me a great big hug. And I'm totally not a hugger. Like as a doula, I can put like my hug face on and I can like hug you <laughs> if people like want touch and stuff. But like by, by nature, I am like not a hugger. And when a dad comes up and like grabs me off my feet, I just remember this one particular moment and he like spins me around. He's like, thank you so much. And this was after a vaginal, uh, after a VBAC, Birth, and I was just like, wow, like, this is really cool. It's just really extra special. And the dads say those kind of things, you know, and everyone, every dad's a little bit different, but I really appreciate that you say that. I think it's important because a lot of times dads think that doulas will replace them, but really we are, well, I mean, a good doula will really work on enhancing your relationship and helping, you know, how to better support your wife. So perfect. Okay. Ready for the next question? Sure. All right. Um, so I don't know, we kind of already have talked about this. I think there might be some overlap a little bit in some of these things, but you've got lots of great tips and advice in your book. So I'm sure that we are not even going to touch the surface of, um, scratch the surface into that. But the question is, what do you tell men to do to support women during pregnancy?
3: The subtitle of the book is better connected, better prepared. Mm -hmm. And so I think that focus really helps shape some of the suggestions that follow in that envelope. And that's what's so important. I think some of the dads out there, I know for me, that connecting bit was tricky because my experience of pregnancy is sort of like, it's happening, you know, quote unquote over there. Whereas for my wife and, you know, every other person who's been pregnant, it's literally the biggest deal ever. It's like, no, this is like, this is now and and I'm already a mom and I'm I'm monitoring, you know, my vitamins and sushi and which cheese I should eat and all these different things. That that sense of motherhood is very real. Whereas for us dads, a lot of times we don't think we're dads until until mm-hmm. the baby gets here. So one of the things I think is important to remember is that, you know, both of those truths are true for each person, but for us dads, we have to do There's plenty of opportunities for us to reach over and really try to better connect with mama and her experiences. And just knowing how real and important that is, is a great first step to kind of putting that as a top tier priority rather than just sort of like, oh yeah, we're pregnant and the baby will be here in a couple months kind of thing. So Mm. there's so many things you can do as the guy, as the dad to really get in there you know, I mentioned that hiring a doula is a great thing, a birth class, like where you're excited and you want to take on that, um, you know, you're just as excited about the birth class as mama is, that's a great way to really foster that connection, where you're going through that together and learning about it together. Another thing I like are some of these pregnancy tracking apps where I know my wife and I really enjoyed each week as the uh, pregnancy progressed sitting down and watching the five or 10 minute little video about what's happening this week. And some of them are pretty funny. They compare the size of growing baby to like French pastries or random exotic animals. And so we would laugh about babies, the size of a hedgehog this week or uh, size of a croissant, you know, a big one. So there, those things where you're really connecting with mama and really part, you know, doing your part to get really on the inside of her journey as well. All of those things are great ideas because you know at the end of the day, the goal is to really have that relationship be really strong and vibrant as you're going through the delivery, and then you come home for that fourth trimester because now your parents together, and now's not the time to figure out how to be a team. You know, being a team mm. starts during that pregnancy.
0: Yes, yes, love that, love that. If you can walk in as a team, like into parenthood, it's just going to set yourself up so much better.
1: And can I just say, dads, even if you don't love the whole baby's the size of a kumquat thing, just pretend you do.
3: Exactly. Just pretend. (laughs)
1: Just fake it till you make it.
0: Isn't or it, or if your class that you're taking is like hypno babies or hypno and you're like, oh, this is really weird. Try your hardest to get in there. I know sometimes it's far-fetched, you know, far out there, and it's like this is so strange. But, um, <laughs> but this is something that she had picked that resonated with her to help her cope through this labor journey. And crazy enough, it will connect. Like when you said, take childbirth, childbirth education classes, like it will connect you two together so much more and help you in all stages.
3: Exactly. It's funny. I've heard some dads say, you know, well, I'm not having a baby. You are Uh what discussing this with your, with their partners Mm -hmm. about these different things. And, you know, not that they're like adamant about it, but that's, that's their reality. And I'm like, yeah, dads, I get it. And. Having a baby is a huge deal. I mean, it's easy for some guys to think, well, like, well, that's how all of us got here. We all, you know, there may be one or uh, one or two test tube babies running around, but we all got here this way. It's like, well, and this is the first time experience or second time experience for your partner. This is the a very huge deal, really. Don't look at it in the abstract, look at it in the concrete. Like your partner is excited and enthusiastic as are you. It's meaningful. It's a little bit scary. There's a lot of uncertainty and really get in there to be that supportive partner by connecting with her and her journey rather than sort of like feeling like you need to stay on your side of the fence in your journey. So that, that connection piece is so important.
0: Great life advice too. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> you are you gonna write the next one on marriage? And because it's like all these tips, like <laughs> this is how I also have a really great. We're taking
1: notes. and be like give it to my husband. I'm like read this. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding.
3: Yeah, oh this God. all becomes so much more pressing once once baby gets here. I, I, I'm a terrible illustrator, but if I had any skill, I would have drawn like a little you know series of two stick figures, like mama and dada, and then like a little small tiny baby stick figure. Like this is what you think it's gonna be. And then the second one would have been same size mom and data. And then this giant, you know, Michelin man, baby
2: <laughs> illustration. <laughs> yes. like,
3: this is the impact of a new baby on your life. It's not like this third thing tiny. that sort of joins you. No, it, yeah. it is the be- middle and the be- uh, center of everything. Mm-hmm.
1: So yes. now is
3: the time to forge those teammate bonds. Love yes,
0: that. absolutely. Love that. So, okay. So do you encourage, so this is a, this is a hard one. Because sometimes I know it can be daunting when you're in the birth room and in labor and stuff. But it says, Do you encourage men to stand up for their wives' wishes during labor and birth? And I'm going to add that one and saying, If you do, what do you feel like is the best way for a dad to say, Okay, I know she didn't want this. I'm going to try to make sure that we go about this a different way?
3: Well, my first answer is yes, absolutely. Dad is is the main support person looking out for you know, the, the bigger picture. I know there's times in my wife's, especially our first baby where she couldn't hear anybody else in the room. She couldn't Mm. see anybody else hear Anybody else? It was sort of that, you know, that fugue state that some uh, you know, some women go through Mm -hmm. and I, she needed me to like basically repeat everything that the, you know, the doula was asking or our OB was asking. So yes, you know, you need to be fully connected there and this is kind of circles back to, I mentioned the dual already, but having that really trusted birth team where you really, uh, you know, both partner, both mama and daddy, it can really feel like your, your birth team is on the same page with you. They're looking out for your best interest and baby's best interest, obviously as well. But that birth team, you know, as, as I mentioned before, most dads aren't going to be birth professionals, but that's where that birth team comes in. So to whatever degree you can start with that team, really all on the same page. We've gone over the birth preferences. We understand kind of where we want to go with this, whether, what types of, uh, you know, pain management we want to use with breathing or massage or et cetera. But there's times like where things might get a little tricky. Like, for example, during our first birth, we had a very low intervention birth, no pain medications. And at one point my wife was struggling a little bit and they wanted to put an oxygen mask on her face. And you know, she did not want that. Like she was like trying to swat it away. And I kind of felt like I needed to go with her wishes rather than, you know, whatever the the nurse was trying to do. And so I, you know, gently removed the oxygen mask from her face. And I looked at both, you know, our as well as the OB. I'm like, if she doesn't absolutely need this right now, then, then it's only going to cause her more, you know, duress and anxiety to be fighting off this mask, which is not what we're looking for. And they both agreed, and and you know, but that that was on me to not just sort of automatically go with whatever's happening, but to kind of remind them of what our plan was. So you know, again, absolutely stand up for those wishes during the labor and birth, and and the more you're on the same page with you know your both your your wife or, or your your partner and that birth team ahead of time, the easier it is for you to do that because you're not worrying about somebody coming in and trying to change the birth plan or there's a shift change and a, and a new OB comes in and they have a different idea or they haven't read your birth preferences. So the more you're, you're, you're clear about that as a team, I think the easier it is for us guys to be less focused on, you know, being an intervention blocker and more focused on being that supportive teammate with our mantra of being attentive and calm and competent, focusing on our birthing partner and being supportive for her.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love, I love that. And you know, so tell me, <sighs> I'm trying to think like, how do I ask this? Like my like what tips would you give for that? Those dads who are very medical minded and trust, like, I don't want this to sound negative trying to like, my husband's very much like what the doctor says we do because the doctor knows the professional. He went to school, he knows it. But then there's also times where I'm like, but that's really not what I want. And like, I've researched different. And so like, He told me that he felt like I put him in a really hard place because he's like, I, I feel like I was against you and the doctor because I believed what the doctor was saying, but you wanted something more. I wanted to make you happy, but I wanted to do what he said because I was worried. Do you know what I mean? Like what tip, if you have any, like specifically for that type of situation where we've got a, a dad who doesn't know how to navigate that feeling that they have.
3: Well, I think you hit, you know, a really good. That's a really perfect space because that's where it can be so tricky for us yeah. guys, especially if we have had some experiences with, um, with in the past and where doctors have been helpful,
2: oh, right? wow. and
3: or if we've had experiences in the past where they've been unhelpful. Like we, we're we're bringing our own stuff into this equation also, and I think you know I know you know duals are explicitly focused on the non-medical aspects of all that birth, but having having a doula with you where you can at least have a consultant like it's okay in about ninety eight percent of the circumstances to say, you know what? I need I need to think about this for a minute.
2: Yeah, I mean,
3: if it's not like an emergency emergency, then you can always ask for a few minutes. you can try to speak with your partner depending on you know her level of awareness and consciousness and, and interest in, in the topic and your doula as well, or even phone a friend. Um, but that you, you usually have time. And sometimes a lo- I, I find that those circumstances relax a little bit when you create some time around them to really sort of sit with it, check in with your partner. I know our birth preferences, we, we wanted to do a, they're really recommending B, what should we, can we wait a few minutes? Do we need to decide now? Cause you know, things can change pretty quickly in a birth and sometimes waiting, just things sort of tend to clarify both whether it's the circumstances shift or the the answer that you're working with shifts or your agreement around the answer shifts. So I would say, look for more time mm-hmm. to let things sort of settle or simmer a little bit more before you make a decision. If you don't need to make it right that second, then then look for some time. And that will usually help the consensus sort of clarify where you're not feeling like you're being pushed into making a decision because nobody likes that sense of being rushed into a decision, especially yeah. if it doesn't need to be made right that second.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Time. Absolutely. Okay. Great advice. All right, Julia, <laughs> you're on the next question. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> these last these last two, I think, are kind of making me chuckle. Okay. So how do you convince your husband to read this book and be a better support? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: You know, yeah that that's a great question. I I joke sometimes that this this material I started offering in a workshop format, an in-person workshop.
1: That's cool.
3: And the and the challenge was that the the guys who most needed the workshop were the ones that were the actually most oblivious to the fact that they needed the workshop. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I th- I think there's a couple of things I mentioned. One, this book is not like many of the other books out there. Some of the books out there are like 500 pages they're very encyclopedic, which is great for the guys that really want to get into those details of, you know, the changes mama's going through the the developmental trajectory of baby. But for guys who aren't interested in that, it just all starts to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's like, wah, 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 wah.
2: <laughs> and they're
3: like, God, you know, what am I supposed to do? Like, where's the part where it says, do this? Yeah. So that's kind of the book I wrote. You know, it's, it's like, these are some things, specific things you can do at various times in the, in the pregnancy and labor and even the fourth trimester, like all the dad tips, and there's 28 of them in there, but each of them are very specific for that time period. Like, you know, dad tip number, you know, randomly number two is knowing the baby's age in weeks. So the baby's not four <laughs> months, they are five weeks. I mean, you know, you probably wouldn't know if it's five weeks, but you know, they are like 12 weeks or 15 weeks or 17 weeks. So that. That's relevant, you know, early on, but that falls away once you're in labor and delivery. It doesn't matter how many weeks you are at this point. So those are like Mm -hmm. very specific things. So that's what the book's built on. It's built on these like very specific, timely dad tips, as well as these big ideas that sort of help shape your understanding. Like I kind of, I think I joked with you earlier that, you know, one of the early subtitles I was playing around with was all the things I wish I did better the first time, you know? Yeah.
2: We
1: can all write a book like that,
3: right? Right. So that's kind of the goal. Is like you know, I want I want the guys out there to have a chance to read this and their list, which there will be a list of things they wish they did better the first time, Mm -hmm. or even the second time or third time. That list, I want that list to be shorter than mine. So that's kind of where it's coming from. It's Mm -hmm. it's not a another you're doing it wrong kind of book, and it's not super encyclopedic. It's short. It's sweet. It's you know pretty much to the point. It's it's not. You know, it's it's written by, you know, I'm just a dude who has been through this journey. I kind of talk a little bit. It's straight talk. I've done a great job on not cursing on the podcast here, but there's some curse words mixed <laughs> in there, a little salt and pepper. Because that's, you know, when us guys get joking around, you know, sometimes our language oh, yeah. goes a little bit more freely. And that's that's kind of how the book's written. It's not preachy. It's not, you know, again, like I mentioned, not a you're doing it wrong book. It's like, hey, man, like, yeah, this is challenging and it's tough. Um. And there's sometimes it's really hard. One of the early big ideas is what I call the dude zone to dad zone, and avoiding the dud zones. Yeah,
0: I was gonna I, say I saw that in there, avoiding mm-hmm. the dud zones. Yes.
3: Yeah, the two dud zones I talk about. I talk about the journey you're on. Like I tell the guys, like you you don't know it, but right now you're on this journey from the dude zone to the dad zone. And the dude zone is when you're you know you're hanging out, you have your relationship, you have your job, and all these other hobbies and cool things that are priorities for you. And now that you're going to be, you you are a dad, but you're going to be a dad when the baby gets here as as the dads are thinking, as these expectant fathers are thinking. Um, but you need to move into that dad zone, which is shifting some things around, looking at things a little bit differently, reprioritizing a couple of things. And during that pregnancy journey, things are really tricky for us guys because you know we, we know we're supposed to be helpful and supportive. We don't know what that means. and we kind of bump into doing it wrong a lot. We're guessing, we're we're sort of like, well, I don't know. You know, you're trying to figure it out, and so the two dud zones I talk about are Wimpy Town on the left and Jerkville on the right. Uh, <laughs> Wimpy Town are the guys that just, you know, they kind of give up on trying to figure it out, and they basically say something to the effect of, "Just tell me what to do, and I'll do that." And they're sort of like, you know, they're sort of defeated. They're like they've given up on trying to figure it out because they're just tired. They're just frustrated of sort of guessing wrong. But that's yeah. not really a good place to be. Like, no expectant mama wants to have to like tell her her partner what to do and when to do it and all that kind of stuff. That's that's not a good that's not a good teammate, a good teamwork there, you know. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is jerkville. And those are the guys that occasionally will be like, you know what? I don't know what to do. I'm guessing, you know, you do it. Like I saw mm-hmm. I saw a zebra pop out a baby last night on nature show, and the zebra is running around five minutes later, like I don't quite understand what's going on here. They get a little like testy and defiant. And that journey to the dad zone, you can bump into those dud zones like a lot. Like, you know, there's many times I felt I had one foot in Wimpy Town and one foot in Jerkville. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I really want to be great and to be an awesome partner, but I'm just like last night this worked. And then tonight, this is just (sighs) same thing as the worst idea ever. And I'm Mm -hmm. trying to be, remain connected, but it's just really tricky. So that's kind of where I coming from. Like a lot of what I'm trying to offer here is that it, it's specific tips to help these guys make that journey from the dude zone to the dad zone with fewer, fewer, you know, fewer slips into those dud zones. So that's, that's another reason I would say, give it a shot out there. Love it. That's,
1: awesome. that's great. Yeah. What would I'm going to add in another little question before you. And Megan asked last when we wrap it up. What about the dads who are more or who are less assertive? Like, I know that like dads are just some dads are just like, don't this harder for them to stand up for their partner in the birthroom? It's harder for them to like tell the doctor that they want to do something different, even if they agree that they should do something different. You know, uh, everybody's personalities are different, but. But what advice would you give for those dads who are less confrontational, but who want to be solid, strong support for their wife?
2: That's a really good question.
0: Would time still be the suggestion or do you feel like there's a different approach for those guys?
2: I
3: think, I think time is always a great first place to start because then you have a chance to marinate a little bit. Like think about what the, what the, what the question is that's being asked of you or the suggestion You have a chance to speak it over, uh, talk it over a little bit with your, with you know. Ideally, again, this gets back to that doula having a great doula as your wingman. This is a great resource for us guys to discuss some of these things and also to check in with our partner and see how they're feeling. Often, not often, sometimes something that's very clear in the birth plan or the birth preferences as things progress, uh, your partner may change her mind also, and you don't want to be like adamantly holding the ground against something that your partner has now shifted her opinion on too. So that's where having those conversations. But it but it's tricky. Like, you know, I I I'm not an OB. I'm not a I'm not a midwife. I'm I'm not a I'm not an auto mechanic. I'm not going to argue against these people too strongly when they're specifically trained to do these things and I'm not. So it really, it's really hard because us most of us guys who aren't birth professionals don't really feel like we have too strong of a leg to stand on when it comes when push comes to shove, and you know yeah. we want our we want our partners to be safe, we want our babies to be safe, and that's what the experts are there for. Ideally, there that's what their focus is too. So it's you know I I still think time is your best first resource to ask for, and then to just confer with your partner and confer with other people on your birth team. You know what what would you do if this was your partner? What would you do if this was your baby? can be some good questions to ask back or, or what are some other options? Mm, but yeah. at the end of the day, sometimes you have to make a decision and you just have to make the best one you can at the time with what information you have, you know?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, I guess that kind of, that question has kind of already been answered, but I think maybe a yeah, different perspective from it. And we learn by repetition, right? All right, Megan, you're up. Last yeah. question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so one of the questions is, are mentally reading your book. And I like, I'm almost guaranteed that the answer is yes, but yeah. Like, do you feel like you've had a good turnout from your book?
3: Yeah. So far it's been, it's been pretty exciting. Um, the book just came out uh, in the fall last year. And one of the you know funny things about this is that assuming that the, they purchased a book somewhat early in the pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, they're you know just now getting into the actual experience of having labor and delivery or that fourth trimester. The, so the, the sales have really been taking off recently, which is great, but I've been starting to get some feedback from some of the guys out there. And from some of the, from the mamas too, I've gotten a couple of thank you emails recently. Uh, awesome. I got a couple more that said, I probably should have taken you more seriously earlier in the journey. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs>
3: like That's you know,
0: awesome feedback though. Like you're like, yeah, Okay. Heck yeah! I'm I'm writing something really good here. (laughs) Yeah.
3: It was like I got one. It's like it's 3 a.m. I'm working at one of your dad tips. Uh, My baby was crying, and I'm they're finally asleep in my arm, and I'm typing this on my phone with one hand. But thank you so much for this tip. This was great. Some of the suggestions, and I've looked back. At the book, also in some of the earlier chapters. And I was thinking, yep, should have done that. Yep, that would have been better. So <laughs> you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's it's the guys out there who have had a chance to go through the pregnancy journey. And now their buddies are are going through their own pregnancy journey and yes. their friends are asking them, hey, you, what what kind of tips or advice do you have for me? And uh, a couple of guys have said, you know, my first tip is gonna be read this book and I'm gonna, you know, give them my copy. And I'm like, that's great, pass it on. Like, let it, let, let the let the, uh, the information get out there and and make these birth experiences for all parties, mama, dad, and baby too. You know, yes. Anything we can, any of us can do to make that a little bit smoother and easier is is great. So yes, thankfully they are reading it out there. Some of the mamas too. Uh, I got one email from a mama recently who she had glanced through the book and sort of like preparation, of whether she should recommend it to her husband or not. And she said she learned a lot about how he would he was looking at the pregnancy that she was able to be more sort of um mm, i don't say compassion but
0: understanding so
3: understanding yeah like this is yes. hard for him too he's not mm. only over there not you know connecting with me but he's got his own journey and a lot of this is new and he doesn't you can't hold yeah. somebody accountable for something they haven't been trained to do or informed about so right. she was able to be a lot more understanding and and workable and connecting with him and his journey too, which I thought was awesome. I thought, well, that was unexpected, but great. You know, team, teamwork makes a dream work. So
0: seriously, though, that's what I'm saying though, is so many people are so focused on what mom's doing. Mom's carrying baby. Mom's growing. Mom is doing this. Her boobs are getting big, you know, all these things like, but it's not like, you know what? Dad's struggling seeing her in pain. Dad's struggling seeing her not sleep very well. Dad's struggling with the fact that, Soon there's going to be a child to take care of. Like, you know, there's so much. And so I love that that she was like, I was able to understand his point of view too. So that's really cool,
3: yeah, that was that was really, neat. Really I, cool. I really like that one, you know, because at the end of the day, the the parenting partnership is what's really going to be coming into play here. And whatever we can do to sort of strengthen those bonds coming from both the mom's side and the dad's side, um, yes. that just makes makes that family unit so much stronger too, to work with those fourth trimester challenges of which there can be many so
0: yeah yes. build those
3: bonds now
0: well and i just want to touch back on what you said like there's so much in your book that talks about things before baby even comes and so father's day is in what is june when is this airing? Um, this is airing in
1: june 2nd When is Father's Day,
0: see Father's Day, not June 2nd. It's after this is a great Father's Day present. So I'm just going to quickly go over a couple of the chapter titles, the dad instinct, which, in my opinion, is awesome that you're called that. Like, it seriously made me so happy when I saw that, because we always talk about mama's instinct. Mom instinct knows best. Guess what? Dad's instinct knows best, too. So dad's instinct. We're pregnant through the first trimester. The second trimester, setting the table. Third trimester, giddy up, cowboy. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's when all the complaining happens, <laughs> uh, labor and delivery. The time is now welcome to fatherhood that fourth tri- the fourth trimester. And then he's got tips and gift tracker spreadsheets. Oh my gosh. Like go bag essentials, birth plan topics, big ideas. I mean, there's so much in this amazing book. So ladies grab this book for your husband, read it together. Read it together. The dot
1: slash wtf.
0: Yes, it's live
1: and active. I just tested it on my browser. It's on Amazon, both paperback
0: and audio versions. Which so, which is awesome. Are you the person reading it? The
3: uh, the the Kindle is available, but the audio version is not yet available. But I have oh sorry, I saw Kindle. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah, Kindle's
3: there. I did do the audio and I'm waiting for that to get a little bit um, more polished up with some of my coughing and whatnot taken out. But that'll be available (laughs) soon too. So awesome.
0: Yay, ladies. Father's Day is coming up. Definitely go go grab this. Perfect. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we cut you loose?
3: No, this was great. I really enjoyed coming on here chatting with you ladies. It's uh it, you know, all this birth. Everything around birth is something I'm super passionate about. And like I said, anything out there that's helping people have a little easier, smoother journey is fantastic. So thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you for
1: joining us. Thank you. It's fun. Fun super fun having fun. you on. All right, ladies, we're going to drop the link to his book in our bio. So go ahead and click on it there. Do you um, have grab social a copy? media, David? Yeah.
3: Um, I have a Facebook page that's pretty um, not active. I've been getting a lot of requests to do, to get on the, on the uh, Instagram and do some fun live videos, but I'm a little bit uh, behind the curve on that. So hopefully I can get that soon, but other, but the website has tons of great resources on there, which is www.welcometofather.com. Like you mentioned the birth plan and the gift tracker spreadsheet and all kinds of cool stuff. So you can always you can reach me through there too and send me emails. I love emails. I love questions and comments.
2: So please send them on in
1: perfect.
2: Awesome. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklinkcom slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.